0: Your body, brain, and personality is dramatically influenced by what you see and experience as a child. That's why as an adult, your mental and physical health can still be heavily impacted by the trauma that you dealt with in your early years of development. This can influence the way you think, act, and connect with others in your everyday life, which is why in this episode, we want to get deeper and open up the space to discuss childhood trauma and how it impacted our adult lives personally. We hope to bring some awareness to this topic and let you baddies know that you're not alone, you're not crazy, and it doesn't have to be like this forever. We love you baddies. Now let's get into this episode.
1: Yes, we are so excited to get a little bit vulnerable here and hopefully bring awareness to this topic so that you can do the work if you need to. But we want to get started by defining what exactly childhood trauma is because I know that the word trauma can sound very extreme which may lead someone to believe that they haven't experienced trauma, Uh but there is a lot that actually constitutes what childhood trauma is, and the definition of it can vary widely. Physical or sexual abuse, neglect, whether it be physical or emotional, bullying inside or outside the home, witnessing violence in the home, Um, a disruption in the bond that you have with your parent or a primary caregiver these are all very common forms of childhood trauma and you may feel like why does something that happen when we were a kid why is that able to affect us as an adult Uh but the truth is like Like Sarah said, what we experience as a child is so, so, so significant to us as an adult because those are the years that we are developing physically and mentally. So the way that we are treated and what we go through is going to have a significant impact on how we think, feel, and regulate our emotions. Our brains are made up of neurons and pathways which are heavily influenced by our experiences and they become conditioned which allows us to develop beliefs, values, triggers, attachment that are going to stick with us for life unless they are reconditioned. For mm-hmm. example, if you take psychology, one of the first things that you learn about is the Pavlov experiment about conditioning the dog with um a sound and his food. So for example, he takes this dog and every time he gives the dog food, he also plays a sound and he does it every single time. Eventually to the point where if he can just play the sound, and doesn't give the dog food, the dog salivates as if it's ready to eat its food because it's triggered Mm -hmm. to believe that it's going to get its food and it's ready to eat its food. So this is a very common example. If you hear online when people say, oh, like that's a trigger of mine, basically we have something, an outside experience now that we experience as an adult that triggers an attachment that we have from our early childhood life. And that's how childhood trauma works.
0: Also, a prime example of something that definitely could have been developed from your early childhood is the lack of self-love. I feel like that's something that a lot of us girly pops struggle with, right? I feel that... Almost every single girl that I talk to in some way, shape, or form, they have something negative that they say about themselves. They don't feel that they're worthy. They don't feel like they're worthy of love. They don't feel like they're worthy of care. They don't love their bodies. They don't love themselves. They wish that there was something that they could change about themselves, and that is the lack of self-love. You don't have that self-worth, and that could definitely be something that was developed when you were younger because children who are abused or neglected by their primary caregivers, a.k.a. your parents or whoever was your caregiver – you internalize the message that you're not lovable and even if you have loving parents who also just fail to empathize with with you as a child to the extent that they that you require which obviously as a, a kid like you require so much love and attention like I don't remember how I was when I was a child as far as like needing love and attention but there was one time specifically where I just remember like running up to my mom and I just remember like going up to her like wanting like her attention and just being like shooed away and like almost like getting in trouble for like just wanting to go up to her and have that attention that she was giving so openly and freely and willingly to men so that then kind of like internalized my feelings of not feeling worthy enough not being worthy enough of self-love or love in general and also just the lack of self-love, too, like that I struggled with for so long. And, you know, there are some instances where like I can still grow from like I'm not perfect. But I am at least aware of the fact that my childhood had a huge impact on how I feel about myself now. And honestly, it's a big thing to Cat here because I remember uh-huh. talking to her about it. In Ryan's um, family's, like, game room, we called it, where we're used to work and meet up and work all the time. And, like, when we first opened up about our childhood trauma, wh- which is how we knew we were, like, soulmates, Is like, yes. she was, like, girl, that's so fucked up. Like, you have childhood right. trauma. And I was, like, really? Because I would always blame myself like i would think that i'm just like crazy that's why i said in the beginning like you're not crazy you're not crazy yeah it has to do with your childhood
1: i'm so so happy that we were able to like connect on that and grow together and i feel that's what a lot of us struggle with because i before it hit me that i have childhood trauma i felt the same way that like this is just how i am everything is my fault Mm -hmm. but that's what we want to bring awareness to that situation that happened to you Sarah with your mom where she shooed you away it's conditioning you to believe that you're not good enough that you're not worthy of love that maybe if you just tried harder or you did better then your mom would give you that hug that you wanted and as a child you don't know any better so you're going to believe those types of things and that's what's going to you know build your values and your belief system Mm -hmm. and stick with you into an into your adult life. Yeah. I also feel like
0: another thing that that can create if you like had that type of parenting when you were younger where like you didn't really get the love and affection and attention that you needed. I feel that can also affect your adulthood now where you're almost like standoffish in ways. Yeah. Like for me I feel like I'm I'm both in some ways, shapes or forms. Like there is some days where like I'm needy, like I want love and attention. I wouldn't say needy, I'm just like normal, I guess. Like I love Love and stuff like that, and th- then there's other days where I'm like, "Get off of me!" Yeah. Like, not like, fiz- like I'm not like, Ugh, "Get off of me." I don't say it, but I feel it. Like, I feel like closed off.
1: Yeah, definitely. Me too. They call it like our attachment patterns. like there's the anxious attachment, the avoidant attachment, and then there's the disorganized attachment, which you can go back and forth between being anxious and being avoidant, and honestly the way that you're raised and the way that you're treated is 100% what's influencing that because when we're little the person that loves us and the person that we love is our parents so our relationship with them is so so significant to the relationships that we have now whether it be with someone romantic or with your friends Mm -hmm. and I I think it's really good that you brought up like the neglect from your um, parent because I feel like that's honestly one of the most common traumas that people deal with but people aren't kind of they don't want to admit that that's Mm -hmm. trauma or they just feel like that's not trauma which is why we wanted to emphasize the definition of it because if you are constantly it doesn't have to be like this super extreme traumatic incident Mm -hmm. and therefore you're dramatically affected into your adult it can just be an occurring experiencing experience of neglect or even if your parent is super loving like you said but she's con like your mom is constantly um belittling you or making you feel like what you're wearing isn't good enough or she's like oh that's what you're wearing oh that's how you're gonna go out you're gonna go out like that mm-hmm. that's gonna cause you to feel like you're yeah super insecure it's gonna build insecurity within you like you know when you said they
0: don't know they had the trauma that was exactly me because i kind of like normalized it like i normalized the behavior that i was doing i thought that it was normal i thought how i was acting was normal just because that's what i experienced as a child and i just i didn't think that there was anything wrong with how i grew up you know like i i knew like obviously It was fucked up, but I didn't know that it would have such a huge impact on me. And I didn't know that that's the the reason why I am the way that I am now, if that makes
1: sense. It definitely makes sense because you're just a child. So how would you know that that's going to affect you long into the future? The same thing for me, my mom didn't really give me a lot of affection or emotional validation so I thought it was normal my my environment was super chaotic on top of that there was a lot of emotional neglect Uh, there were a lot of children in the house and just a lot going on and it wasn't until I would see how my friends moms like were constantly giving them hugs giving them kisses like just giving them so much love and affection that I'm like wait like, that's weird no yeah. I would think that
0: that's weird like when I would see like even like sisters hugging and acting a certain way like I would think that that's weird because like we didn't we weren't grown up to be that like affectionate loving type of family so like I'm learning it now right and it's it's tough because it's like you see these videos of of like you know this super big like sisterhood bond brotherhood bond and stuff like that and I'm just like wow like for so long like I I didn't know that that was normal like I would feel weird about it
1: yeah I totally get that for me I feel like I think I have mentioned it before I didn't know how to like comfort my friends or be there for my friends because I was never comforted when I was emotional I was honestly I was ignored and left alone if Mm -hmm. I was if I was ever showing some sort of emotion negative emotion I was just left alone to deal with it or just suppress it and then when I was put in situations to comfort other people I had no clue what to do for me with the sibling thing it was a little bit different because I feel like that was all I had like all I had was my little sister and I would just go to her and we were just like kind of going through it together so we always had that super strong bond but now that I think about it we weren't really like affectionate we would just spend a lot of time together for me I think the biggest thing is that there was so much going on with my parents you know there was mental illness substance abuse just a lot of fighting that mm-hmm. my home was just so chaotic there was no room for I'm one of four so there were four children and we're all about like two years apart so we're all young at the same time and there was just so much chaos in my house that there was no room for us to express our emotions we kind of had to suppress our emotions and learn how to suck it up in order to be the mature ones in the household and keep the peace and that's something that like stuck with me far 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 into my future that I didn't even realize I was struggling with until 2020 that's when I realized that I am constantly suppressing my emotions so much to the point where I I was just completely detached from them. I was either 100% detached from my emotions or if I, like, happened to experience a trigger in my adult life, then boom, all of a sudden I would be overwhelmed with my emotions and have absolutely no idea how to handle them. And it would just be, like, an overwhelm of, like, anger and sadness and frustration that I just – I didn't know where to put it, you know? I would go in my room and just, like, want to scream and, like – punch the wall or like throw things and that's not a healthy way to Mm -mm. deal with your emotions and anyone who does deal with their anger in that way if you don't find a healthy way to channel that those emotions that anger that frustration it's only going to keep bottling up and those outbursts of and explosions are only going to get worse which could then, you know, have a horrible waterfall effect on your life, which is why it's so important to recognize these triggers and recognize Mm -hmm. that maybe you are disconnected from your emotions or whatever trauma that you have dealt with and whatever triggers you have now, it's just super, super important to acknowledge them.
0: Speaking of triggers, I think that as you get older, if you notice that you're reacting so big like your reaction is like out of pocket to something that is so 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 tiny in the grand scheme of things if you notice that it's something that you were doing like take that as a win and just become aware of like what happened in that situation that triggered you because if you have an out of pocket reaction to something that really is so tiny that is a trigger and when you do become more aware of these things you're going to be able to work through them and stop yourself from reacting that way again so for example I kind of like how you said about how you would get so angry and that's like just I feel like emotional dysregulation like you just don't know how to handle like all of those feelings that you're feeling because you you weren't given that safe space in your childhood to express them freely without either getting ridiculed yelled at or just ignored which is why you feel that way now so for example when I would get triggered I noticed that I would get really 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 angry like I would feel my blood boil to the point where I will either cry because I'm so angry or I will have like an outburst like whether like I am like yelling or whatever and like just words come out like and sometimes I don't even know what I'm freaking saying because just words will come out and I I just don't know how to regulate that emotion and regulate that anger like when when I'm triggered like my first resort the first thing that I go to is like anger and yelling and that's just because what I experienced as a child whenever I would go to my mom or talk to my mom like she would have an outburst she would yell she would say things to hurt me Like just and put me down, like not only to me, like to my sister, to my brother as well. Like they can speak for themselves, but you know, like we we just weren't given the space to talk about our feelings or just cope in healthy ways. I guess.
1: Yeah, I totally get that, and I feel like it can kind of show up in different ways. For example your mom was very expressive and explosive with her emotions whereas my mom she didn't really show emotions at all and i think we were taught or we were we learned that we shouldn't show our emotions and then i became so detached from my emotions that for the longest time i didn't feel fear feel anger or upset at all i was just so Nonchalant and numb about everything in my life. When I did show my emotions, like you said, I was either ridiculed, ignored, or just left alone. So I just learned to think that it's normal that the person that you love and the person who is supposed to love you, when they don't care about your emotions, that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. But then once I did start doing the work and recognize that I was so far detached from my emotions, and I kind of gave myself space to feel those emotions is when I started recognizing these explosive overwhelm of emotions. Yeah, same thing happened for me,
0: like just like a couple months ago, actually, like I said, I'm still growing and evolving. And anytime that I do have a trigger now, I honestly stop and thank like the universe for showing me the trigger because now it gives me the opportunity to grow and learn from it. Because before when I would have a trigger I would beat myself up so bad I'd be like why the fuck did I act that way and I'd be like what is wrong with you like that's how I would talk to myself which is obviously not nice but now when I have triggers I'm like thank you for showing me this trigger like now this gives me the opportunity to like work on myself Mm -hmm. but so for example it was like a couple months ago like we were in me and Ryan were in the kitchen it was a Sunday it was Sunday football or whatever. But. I think it was New Year's. Actually, no, it was like New Year's Eve. So it wasn't. It was like kind of recent. Honestly, that was like last last month. Honestly, maybe uh, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it was. We, we had some event to go to on Sunday. So um, we were making. And usually on Sundays, like I do my own thing. Like usually, like it's the day for me and Cat to do our podcast. But we were, I think, taking a break. So um, I asked Ryan. I was like, oh, like what are you doing today? Like, are you still gonna like watch football? Because you know we have the plans later, and that's like exactly how I said it but I think he got triggered for whatever reason and he thought that I was like annoyed at him for wanting to watch football I don't remember exactly like what happened or he said that I said it in some type of way or I meant it this way like I meant it like as I was like mad at him I'm like what like yeah. no I'm just asking you a question because we have like we have plans later I just wanted to know like what your plan was like if you want to do something together today since I don't have the podcast today like that's all I was asking I was just asking a question yeah. and I kept saying that but he kept thinking like just like saying like no you asked it this way and I'm like no I fucking didn't like and I freaked out and got so mad like I was so mad at him and then after like I calmed down after he kind of like was like oh damn like okay clearly she got triggered like which he under he knows when I'm triggered like and when it's like a trigger reaction versus like actually me I I sat down I'm like okay why why did I just react that way because you know like clearly like it wasn't that big of a deal but why did I react that way so I sat down and I just remembered a time when I was a freshman in high school where my mom blamed me for taking five dollars out of her drawer that that she kept for honey or whatever but meanwhile it was my little sister who took the five dollars and I kept telling my mom like I didn't take the money from from um your drawer and she just kept blaming me she like called me all the names in the book she was just like when I get home I don't want to see you there like go live with your father this that and a third so I'm like crying and shaking on my way to school because like she said like really 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 mean things to me and like I could feel like the physical like how i felt physically like right now just talking about and just like reliving that trauma cuz like I, I i couldn't even think i couldn't do anything so i just went directly to the guidance counselor in school and like i, I told her what happened cuz i was so upset and then when my sister finally told my mom that it was her i didn't even like get an apology so i that basically which sums up like where i was going with this was just you know i realized that the reason why i had that huge reaction is because of That situation and that experience that I had when I was younger and again, it doesn't have to meet like like your childhood trauma doesn't just have to be like when you were like seven eight years old right. like it's your, your whole entire life honestly like you could develop trauma now.
1: Exactly. It's just something that like conditions you and with your example, I feel the connection makes sense because you were accused of doing something that you didn't do and the reaction that you dealt with was so extreme over something small that you didn't actually do. So then maybe now with Ryan, that triggered you because it was like he started accusing you of something that you didn't do and then maybe subconsciously you fear what is going to be like the reaction or the response mm-hmm. of you getting accused of something that you didn't do. Yeah, right? It's so crazy. And I feel another, just another example of, tra- of how trauma can show up for example when I was always trying to make plans with my sister and her boyfriend I would have to like go to work early in the morning and we would all have a plan to like go out somewhere and I would come home from work and nobody would be ready to go or like ready to do anything and and like nobody was ready nobody seemed to care about the plans at all and I would get so upset like irrationally upset and like start crying and get like really mad at my sister And I realized it's because I just felt like no one was considering me and that, like, nobody cared about me. And that's just a feeling that's, like, deep-rooted in my childhood because I was so constantly ignored or just, like, set aside because there was just other more important things to be dealt with.
0: Maybe that's something that my mom dealt with when she was a child because my mom's the same way. Like, if it wasn't on her time schedule, if we weren't, like, on the dot ready like she would like freak out and be like whatever like this out in the third like and just like freak out like like again out of pocket like reaction and so that's probably like something that she dealt with when she yeah. was younger which by the way while we're on the topic of our parents I just want to note that holding on to a grudge and just anger towards your parents and how you were treated when you were younger is going to be more of a disservice to you if anything so You have to find it within you to like let go and just move on from the past and also just have a true and honest and genuine understanding that the reason why they are the way that they were and why they treated us the way they did is because of how they were conditioned when they were a child and unfortunately, I just feel like back when our parents were growing up, they didn't have all the resources that we have now, which is why we can teach you guys how to break the cycle now which is something huge for me because I I don't want to say this it's a fear now because I know that this won't be me but I just I I felt like I always struggled with like wanting to have kids because of how I was treated growing up and it made me fearful for when I become a mom
1: exactly I love that you say breaking the cycle because that's what it is our parents obviously were dealing with stuff and they did the best that they could Mm -hmm. with what they had But unfortunately, they pass down that trauma to us. And unless we do the work to overcome that trauma, it's likely that we will pass it down to our children. So it makes sense that that's a fear that you have. Also, letting go of that grudge and forgiving your parents is a part of healing and a part of overcoming that trauma. If you're still holding on to anger that you have, towards what happened to you it's going to be so much harder to heal from it and then on the other side i know that we're talking about our parents but i feel comfortable talking about these types of things with sarah or with my really close friends but when it comes to coming on this podcast and sharing this story i do feel nervous Mm -hmm. because i don't want anyone to think that my parents were horrible and that my childhood was horrible because my parents they they were really really great But at the same time, there was some really awful things that we had to deal with. And I don't want anyone to, like, judge me for that Mm -hmm. or feel bad for me or, like, feel that I'm trying to say this stuff for attention. It's just simply what happened in my life. And I recognized it and I dealt with it and I'm still dealing with it. But I'm moving on. I'm forgiving. And it's important to recognize that you can admit that maybe your parents weren't perfect. But you don't have to hate them for it. You don't have to blame them for it. You can just understand that something happened, it affected you, and now it's continuing to affect you. But until you do realize that, it's going to be so hard to move on.
0: I agree. And it wasn't until last year or two when I started going to hypnotherapy, which she actually helped me with my inner child. Like we did inner child healing work through hypnotherapy, which was very something that I, I know that I needed. And it gave me the confidence and courage to talk to my mom and just express to her you know like this is what happened because like my relationship with my mom definitely like improved so much in my adulthood like we have like the best relationship we've ever had now and I just remember being at the gym and we were actually not even on the topic of me we were on the topic of my brother and you know how my brother is acting and how why he is the way that he is now And I had expressed to her, I was like, you know, the reason why he is this way is because of his childhood and how he grew up. And like, it's unfortunate, but that's what it is. And then my mom was like, geez, was I really that horrible to you guys, etc. And like, normally me, because like, I never want to hurt anybody's feelings. And like, I think that's a positive that I've learned throughout my childhood. I feel like it made me a good person. And it made me have a lot of feelings. And it made me care so deeply about others that even if, like, somebody did something bad to me, like, I would still care about their feelings. Like, I'm fucking psycho. Like, the, the fucking serial killer or whatever in the movie, like, I feel bad <laughs> if they die. Like, I shouldn't yeah. be like this, but I, I care about everyone. So, like, I, I – normally, the old me would, wouldn't even say anything to my mom. I'd be like, no, like, it, no, like, you're not – it wasn't that bad. But since I was going through therapy – going to therapy and had that confidence to, like, open up and say something to her – i you know i said what i had to say i was just like look you know this is what happened this doesn't make you a bad person like i know that you did the best that you can like i kind of like sandwiched her a little bit like i let her know what she did right but then i also let her know you know like x y and z wasn't okay yeah. but we still love you and that doesn't mean that you know you're not and all that matter is that like you're happy now and that you know you're feeling better because clearly she wasn't happy when we were younger which is why she was I don't want to say so horrible to us, but which is why she was kind of so grumpy, I guess is a good word to put it, good way to put it. But then she she accepted that, you know, she accepted that and she was like, you know, yeah, that kind of hurts and I'm I'm sad about it. And she was like, I'm crying about it now, but it it needed to be said. And that that allowed me to move forward. And I think it allowed my mom to move forward because after that, I felt like she's been putting in even more effort.
1: Right. That's what I was going to say, because I remember that you shared that with me. And obviously it took so much courage uh, courage on your part to step up and say something like that. So you should feel very proud of yourself because that's growth. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, that's forgiveness because you can, you, both you and your mom have accepted what happened and she clearly can see that you forgive her for it. And now it's, it's like your relationship is renewed almost and you can move on and hopefully grow from there. But just to point out, like sometimes your parent may not be as open to hearing that type of thing and they may continue to deny that something has happened, which Mm -hmm. for me, it kind of was like that. I tried to bring up this stuff with my mom and she's just simply like not having it. So it's it's not a conversation that we're ever going to be able to have. But I did tell her that I do forgive her even though we weren't able to get into the details of it. I just kind of let her know that all is forgiven and that I'm moving on with my life and honestly our relationship has gotten so much better since then but if you are in a position where you have childhood trauma and you aren't able to talk about this with your parents or whoever it is that traumatized you one of the biggest things that I learned from psychologists and therapists is to write a letter of forgiveness whether you plan on giving it to the person or not just simply putting it out putting it down on paper what you forgive that person for is going to do so much for that subconscious because not only are you acknowledging what you have gone through and what you've experienced but you're also releasing it Mm -hmm. so if you want to you know acknowledge that you have childhood trauma and you're ready to overcome it and you want to forgive and release this grudge that you're holding I highly recommend try writing a letter of forgiveness to the person and all it simply is is just write out i forgive you for treating me like this and just list every single thing that you feel hurt you and say that you forgive them for it and then on the other hand you can set will also in the letter say please forgive me for doing this because it's true that when you do experience trauma it can bring out a side of you that you're not happy mm-hmm. of and you're not proud of so therefore you may have acted in a certain way that you regret and you could be holding on to that regret as well okay. so it's important to say please forgive me for this specific action and just write out whatever comes to mind and you can either burn it you know crumple it up and throw it in the garbage release it into the ocean or just like do whatever but just <laughs> getting it out on paper is a huge step in the right direction and healing from your trauma and this letter of forgiveness is just one of the actionable steps or methods that we would like to share with you to help you overcome this trauma before we dive a little bit deeper into what those methods are i just want to point out that it's okay to have trauma it doesn't mean that you're messed up Nobody needs to be blamed for it. We all have trauma and acknowledging it and becoming aware of it is what gives us the strength to overcome it. Mm -hmm. In fact, they say that, studies say that two out of three of all children experience a traumatic incident by the age of 16. So sharing your trauma, acknowledging it, talking about it and being aware of it is just going to help all of those other people who have dealt with it Be strong enough to overcome it too. Another way to
0: overcome it, which is amazing, is shadow work. So this basically helps you explore your subconscious mind, which is basically where everything is stored anyways that you're not really aware of because you have your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is where everything is stored and then your conscious mind you making like everyday conscious decisions like you're in control of it your subconscious minds can be patterns learn behaviors and things that you do like have you ever done something that you're like oh my god i I can't i can't believe i just did that that's because it's an automatic behavior that's stored in your subconscious mind so basically um shadow work will help bring to light the parts of yourself that you suppressed or you denied and these are the parts that you may consider bad or you don't want anybody to know about aka which is why you suppressed or denied them And what Robert Johnson said, this is a quote by him, he said, unless we do conscious work on it, the shadow is almost always projected. That is, it is neatly laid on someone or something else so that we do not have to take responsibility for it.
1: Right. So you may have heard of projecting your insecurities Mm -hmm. onto other people or the mirroring effect oftentimes when you're triggered by someone else's behavior it's because it's reflecting back some subconscious feelings that you have about yourself and you're projecting it onto them or being triggered by it because you kind of have to deal with it on your own
0: yeah really quick before we move on i want to read you guys something from the shadow work journal that i have which by the way i i feel so beneficial for everyone you can buy it on amazon um it's just called the shadow work journal journal i think it's like The issue number one, because I think there's two of them out now. Definitely get the first one. Obviously, you want to go in order. Anyways, so it says in order to flush out your shadow, you must be willing to catch yourself in moments of negativity and question where it stems from. And you like write down in your notes or whatever the case may be on a journal, just keep a journal. And when you notice yourself becoming irritated, anxious, angry, or sad, like whenever you feel some type of emotion, like write down what's happening in that moment cuz that's when you're going to be able to catch your shadow and figure out what's going on. And it also says when facing your shadow, it's important to take small positive actions that will improve your physical and mental well-being. So like drinking more water than you need every every single day, dressing up more, showering, cleaning your face, eating something light and healthy, exercising, doing breathing exercises or even just listening to music that you enjoy. All those things will help you grow and kind of get past whatever it is that you're going through and help you know that like this discomfort that you're facing will pass and it'll allow you to feel like yourself again because if you feel that you can't do all of those things, if you're just feeling like you're down in a dump, then you have to get uncomfortable and it's going to feel uncomfortable. like even just doing like the most basic things. Like if you're sad and just not in a good place, it's going to feel uncomfortable, which is why they're saying like you have to do those things and push through the discomfort that you're feeling so that you can feel comfortable doing things that make you feel good.
1: I agree 100 percent. And I think it's hard for a lot of people to admit that they have a shadow side or a dark side or just catch themselves in moments of negativity because We don't want to really admit that we don't like certain aspects of ourselves, or that we make mistakes or that we're not proud of certain things, which is why it's called the shadow side. It's those deep subconscious feelings that come up in our behavior that we don't really like to talk about or admit to. But we're never going to be able to release that shadow side and overcome the trauma that caused us to have that shadow side if we can't acknowledge it. And going back to the mirroring effect when you kind of get bothered by what other people do, this is a great, great time for you to see if you have that aspect in your own personality. Uh, One of my favorite philosophers, Carl Jung, says that knowing your own darkness is the best method for dealing with the darkness of other people. And I agree 100% because when I used to feel bothered by people, I would just be like, oh my God, that person's so annoying and, and not like them. But now when I see a certain behavior in someone, I kind of, like, um, I feel compassion for them. And I'm like, oh, well, like, maybe they've gone through something similar to me. And that's why they express that certain behavior. And if you feel kind of confused, because honestly, I talk about the shadow side and the dark side to people. And, the, and they're like, no, I don't have a dark side. <laughs> I feel like... If you feel confused by that, I want to give a specific example. Um, For example, like, I I had a bad habit of getting into toxic relationships when Mm. I was in college. And I had to recognize that that was my own shadow self choosing to be with unhealthy toxic partners and Mm -hmm. it it kind of goes in reverse like I recognize that I have this like affinity for toxic relationships and then I'm like okay but why why do I have that and then I would have to dig deeper in order to get to the root cause
0: like for example really quick kind of like how you were saying like you have to notice yourself when you're feeling like these emotions and stuff like that like guys not gonna lie like this episode in its entirety just felt really uncomfortable like kind of how we said about like you have to push through the discomfort like not getting off topic which it is kind of off topic guys but ryan <laughs> and i have started going to church every single sunday this is our second sunday so i'm saying every single <laughs> sunday but this is our second sunday Um, Obviously, there will be Sundays where if we have plans, like, for example, one of my best friends is getting married next weekend. So we won't be able to go um, on Sunday just because we're going to be like two hours away from home. So we won't be able to go. But as much as we can, we're going to start going. And one of the things that he talked about during his sermon, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Um, was kind of you so churchy. yeah <laughs> I'm probably not going to explain this the right way but he kind of just said that like whenever you're feeling uncomfortable or no he was basically giving an example of how like when he first became a pastor and he had to get up on stage he remembered like as he was walking up towards the stage like all of these negative like like just really mean thoughts just kept coming up and he started feeling all these negative emotions and he had to push through that discomfort because that is the devil like trying to hold you back aka also your shadow self trying to hold you back and keep you comfortable where you are and being comfortable is not the place where you want to be like you have to push through that and get uncomfortable because that is where the growth happens and that's kind of like what I want to say like this episode was very very uncomfortable for me like I'm not gonna lie I felt very anxious like the entire episode I felt a little resistance when normally like I like I look forward to doing these podcasts but like this whole entire episode I was like second guessing everything that I said like even just before I'm talking to Kat I was like do you think this is going to be helpful like did I share enough like just questioning everything so (laughs) needless to say shadow work is something that's very important because I know that that's just my shadow coming up trying to hold me back from growing and helping others
1: and changing lives thank you so much for sharing that and pointing it out because (laughs) it's so true it's like if you're not willing to admit that you feel uncomfortable or that you have this negativity, then how are you ever going to grow? Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I also know that shadow work and childhood trauma is becoming a more prominent um, topic okay. on social media. And you may see like inner child, shadow work, and i think that our inner child both mine and sarah's was coming up in this episode you know kind of feeling like we're not good enough uh we want to be perfect we want this episode to be perfect and we were letting that Mm -hmm. like negative vibe or that like inner child where we didn't feel like we were good enough yeah it was kind of overcoming us yeah and That inner child, you know, we all have it. It's kind of goes hand in hand with the shadow self. And it's important to like meet her or him and acknowledge Mm -hmm. the stuff that she has been through. So Sarah has some affirmations that she would like to share that you can kind of say when you notice yourself dealing with a trigger or dealing with a negative situation or dealing with your shadow. You can talk to your inner child and let her know that you're there for her. And these are some of the things that you can say. Hmm.
0: Um, so a couple are I deserve happiness. Obviously, it's so simple and easy. Yes, you know sometimes we believe like wholeheartedly that you don't deserve happiness. I mean, if you're in a toxic relationship, the reason why you stay with that toxic person is because you don't believe that there is somebody else out out there better for you, and that you don't deserve love and happiness. So even just like repeating these simple affirmations, like I deserve, I deserve love, I deserve happiness my needs and feelings are valid like just repeating those simple things will help you change your mindset and create new neural pathways in your brain that will benefit you I am so much more than I thought I can be I am in control of my feelings that is a huge one because you are you control your thoughts everyday actions etc I love myself I can protect myself I am beautiful and I accept myself for who I am I am capable of every dream and worthy of every desire. I accept every aspect of myself and my personality. That's also a huge one because sometimes you suppress who you are and you feel like you have to like mold yourself in a, a specific way and act a certain way to fit the societal norms. But that's bullshit like you are who you are like like we said we are no longer dimming our light I believe we said that in our other episode as something mm-hmm. that we are no longer doing in 2024 you're gonna be you because you are you're uniquely beautiful in your own way
1: and these affirmations it's kind of like telling your inner child the stuff that you needed to hear when you were a child Mm -hmm. because no maybe you had like a rocky relationship with your parents and your feelings weren't affirmed or like you're you had to dim your own light so it's kind of like sarah said Mm -hmm. reaffirming these neural pathways in your brain to be healthier and more positive so that you can live a better life We also would like to share some journal prompts that will kind of help you dig a little deeper into the shadow work because, honestly, shadow work isn't easy. Like, it took me a few times journaling to really get to something that I could kind of, like, resonate with. And I know, Sarah, like, when you first started journaling, like, you didn't really know what to write on the paper. So I feel like these prompts will force you or help you dig a little deeper and get to something that might be meaningful to you
0: yeah it was frustrating I feel like sometimes I I felt resistance towards journaling because again this is my inner child coming off my shadow self I, I thought that it had to be perfect I thought that it had to be done a certain way I thought that what I was writing isn't good enough which is bullshit like it's your journal <laughs> it's your own journal it's your diary like yeah you know what I mean like it doesn't have to be perfect like it could just be a big old like brain dump and just release of the feelings and emotions and thoughts that are going on in your brain because you have so many different thoughts a day I forget like the science behind it I was listening to a podcast the other day that said how many thoughts that we have in like 10 seconds and it's like a lot like your thoughts are constantly going to one thought to the other and journaling actually slows down time and stops you so that you can focus on that one thought long enough to actually work through that thought and get clear on what that thought is so journaling is definitely something that is so helpful and you'll feel like a million times lighter after doing it just a a few times and getting into the healthy habit of doing it consistently like it will change your life so one of the first journal prompts that you can do is what memories from your childhood trigger a strong emotional response and how do these emotions manifest in your life today
1: Another prompt is reflect on a time when you felt unheard or invalidated as a child. How do you validate your feelings and experiences now?
0: Another one is can you remember an instance when you felt abandoned or rejected and
1: how does that experience
0: influence relationships today?
1: how has your childhood trauma impacted your capacity for joy and playfulness Mm. what what steps can you take to reclaim and celebrate these aspects of yourself in your life now
0: Mm -hmm. that one's a really good one because i we like we feel that people take life way too serious and they're way too hard on themselves aka me
1: (laughs) (laughs) aka me i'm like "Mm." I remember. Remember when I asked you what brought you joy as a child, and And I didn't even know you you like hated that question until you answered it, and then you are like, "Wait, this is actually big inspiration." Yeah. So if you like take life too seriously, try to think back to those childhood moments where you were just in pure bliss yeah Yeah. pure bliss and joy didn't care about a thing in the world yeah mine was dancing in the mirror to cheetah girls Uh, yes mine was like i don't like playing outside lots of things yeah um
0: anyways moving along (laughs) what childhood experiences left you feeling invisible or overlooked and how can you honor and celebrate your unique gifts and talents in your life now
1: reflect on a time when you felt judged or criticized as a child how can you practice self-compassion and release judgment from your life
0: obviously i know that a lot of you baddies listen to this on your way to work on your hot girl walks I understand that you don't like sit down with the pen and paper. Actually, some of you baddies do that, which all we I'll, love you for that. Yeah, I <laughs> love that so much. You're amazing. We're going to also put these prompts on our story and we're going to make a journal prompt highlight for you guys with all these prompts in it so that you guys can just refer to that as well instead of like pausing and like quickly jotting down everything that we just said. But anyways, that basically sums up today's episode. This was a lengthy one. As I did say, like I feel like there's so much more that we could have talked about in terms of our trauma because there's a lot more experiences that we went through and I'm sure that we'll talk about it at some point on our podcast journey. But if there's anything that resonated with you guys or that you feel that you want to get off your chest or just need some clarity on too or you just like want to somebody to talk to. We're here for you. Our DMs are open. Please do not hesitate to reach out. We love you guys and we just hope you know that you're not alone and we got your freaking back. That's all for today, baddies. Bye.